discuss the actualization of self-actualization. So today I'll be talking about a really interesting topic on breathwork and the power of your breath and why it's so powerful and especially during this time. I know there is a lot of fear and a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and a lot of concerns and a lot of overwhelm that people are currently dealing with in this unprecedented time in the history of our planet. Over 3 billion people in lockdown. It's insane. There's so much uncertainty. There's so much volatility. There's so much... Mm, It's just... Sometimes there are no words to describe the plethora of emotions that we're all having to deal with. And my concern is that it's not being dealt with adequately, that not everyone has the tools in their arsenal to learn how to manage their own mental health, their own physical health, their own quality of life. And I would argue that quality of life is more important than survival because what is the point in living a life when you are not alive, when you're not fully alive to the experience, right? So... For me, what is so, so important is that we learn how to really, really make it worthwhile and make it count. And for that, we need to have some form of self-awareness. And why is the power of breath so important? We've been using our breaths for a very long time to change states. Ancient yogis in India developed pranayama techniques. Prana meaning life force energy and yama meaning control. It's the control of that life force energy through breathing techniques that you are then able to enter altered states of consciousness. And in these altered states, you're able to transcend your ego mind or your self-critic, all that part of yourself that is doubting in fear and you are able to access a state of consciousness where you almost get liberation from yourself and that is highly pleasurable that can be highly liberating so I propose that you know people really take charge of their own lives take agency of your own space your mental space your physical space you know liberation is a state of mind they can lock our bodies but they can never lock our spirits away they can never crush us we always have the free will to choose how we show up during this time And I'm not going to sit here and say it's all rosy and amazing and, you know, I'm okay because I'm able to quarantine at home. I am, you know, I can see the plight of a lot of humanity who are really suffering the consequences of the lockdown, both from an economic perspective, but also just livelihoods, just not being able to see their loved ones, not being able to you know, just even go and have a cup of tea with their parents. And that is sad. Separation is sad. We are here to unite as a species. And yet what is happening to us is really, really heartbreaking. 
And so with these practices like breathwork, we are really able to regulate ourselves because it's a tough time for all of us. We're all going through so many changes and so much growth and transformation and so many of our repressed, suppressed emotions are now coming to the surface. And how do you deal with that? And breathwork is a really powerful way for you to deal with those things. So from ancient yogis, they've been using it to alter states of consciousness, to enter deep meditative states. The Navy SEALs use it under high stress situations. CEOs of companies use it, you know, when they want to change their state to become more creative, become more productive. And this is a practice that's, you know, quite common in the yogic cycle and these practices are ancient but also very 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 powerful and why is it important especially during this time it's very important to keep your immune system healthy to keep your cardiovascular system healthy to keep your respiratory system healthy and therefore breath work is an amazing anti-inflammatory practice because what it does is it really regulates your system. So if you want to think of our constant engagement with the modern world, it's cortisol and adrenaline field because there's a lot of stresses even before this pandemic. And with this pandemic, it's like everyone has this baseline anxiety, right? And this baseline anxiety is in the back of our heads, no matter how you know, no matter how much you say, no, I'm fine with this and I'm okay with this, there is still some uncertainty around the situation that it takes up cognitive load in your brain. And there is a space reserved for that, right? So there is a level of adrenaline and cortisol, their stress hormones that are surging through your system more so than normal. So we use the breathwork practices to kind of tilt from being always in your sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight response, to, you know, almost bring it up to your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest. So these systems, you know, one has to be activated and it's not it's not like a on and off switch, right? It it's like it kind of this is this is how it goes, you know, visual representation when words don't work as well. <laughs> So, so what we do is with the breathwork practice, you're able to hack the signals that go from your heart to your brain because, you know, your heart rate variability is what lets your system know whether it should be in fight or flight or whether it should be in rest or digest. And with your breathing, with certain rhythmic breathing patterns, you are able to hack the signals and create heart coherence. And what is heart coherence, right? So you have to create coherence within your system because coherence is what determines how efficiently the energy in your system is being utilized. For example, if you're always in a high stressful environment, then you constantly have cortisol, adrenaline, you're constantly in your sympathetic fight or flight nervous system. And therefore, your body is going to be like, oh my God, I need to survive. There might be a tiger evolutionary perspective is we were always trying to avoid predators or you know look for food or mates so so what then happens is 
your brain is constantly feeling, your body is constantly feeling under pressure and it's going to be like, I, it's survival time, it's fight or flight, right? I'm going, to, I'm going to harness all my resources to make sure that I survive this thing. But it's only, you know, like, it's not a tiger, it's just you have to pay your bills. <laughs> so what's really interesting is that in that moment, all the energy and the blood supply to all the other organs gets limited and therefore it doesn't get adequate nutrients and adequate oxygen to all of the relevant organs. It's going to kind of shrink the allotment and go into certain parts of your brain, increase your heart rate and you know parts of your brain are going to shut down. Stress makes you stupid and I would highly encourage using practices that can keep you out of a stressful state. So when you breathe in a certain pattern, rhythmic, like without any pauses, you're breathing in a rhythmic, consistent, smooth manner. And then you also bring in intention and tie it all together and let and trick your nervous system to be like, hey, yo, like, I'm not scared. That's no tiger. I'm good. Can we please switch on my cognitive capabilities, please? Because I really need it to find a solution to this extraordinarily new problem that we're faced with as humanity so if you use these practices then you are able to access more of your brain you're able to tap into altered states of consciousness and access more insights it boosts your immune system which is so important during this time what we need is not quarantining healthy people what we need is to help the population understand the importance of keeping your immune system healthy so we need to be able to breathe in, in consistent, smooth, rhythmic patterns because if you're anxious, you don't breathe consistently or rhythmic. You breathe really shallow. You breathe into your chest. You don't breathe into your belly. It's not deep belly breathing, right? So what do we do then? Open your chest. Breathe deeply into your belly. It's diaphragmatic breathing. Your diaphragm, you need to breathe into the lower parts rather than into your upper chest because in your upper chest there's more pain receptors in the upper lobes of your lungs so when you constantly keep breathing into the upper lobes of your lungs you're constantly stimulating the pain receptors and when you constantly stimulate that you're creating inflammation pain inflammation you are telling your system that oh hey look i'm actually not doing so great because I'm breathing like there's something wrong with my environment. And what's funny is when everyone's sat in front of their computer, in front of their devices, they're not sitting there relaxed. They're sitting there breathing in an incoherent pattern. And that is destroying your health. The more you're able to breathe consciously, breathe deeply, breathe rhythmically, breathing with intention, the more you can tap into your health the more you're able to regulate, self-regulate your own system, the more you're able to produce the neurochemicals and the hormones necessary to sustain you, right? Because otherwise, we go into the default mode, which is adrenaline, cortisol, oh my God, like overstimulation, overwhelm, stress, anxiety, 
concern, right? But what we need to do is regulate that using our breath to facilitate the release of the feel-good hormones. Yeah, like endorphins, like serotonin, like dopamine, <laughs> you know? So you want to be able to tap into the feel-good hormones and neurochemicals and regulate your own system. And contrary to what science was saying a few years ago that we cannot control our autonomic nervous system, which is, you know, that part of our brain that controls things like heart rate variability, things like breathing, things like temperature, etc. We cannot control that, but actually we are able to regulate that using our breath. The reason being that the most primitive part of our brain is called the reptilian brain. It's kind of our survival instincts that are stored there, but also our processes, you know, our autonomic processes like heart rate, temperature, breathing, etc. So breathing is the only thing that's both conscious and unconsciously regulated. And therefore, we're able to tap into that part of our brain, our reptilian brain, and also control other functions such as heart rate variability, such as body temperature. So why is heart rate variability important? And what is heart rate variability? It's a variability between each heartbeat, right? So if you have a very low heart rate variability, it means your heartbeats are consistent, right? So what's happening is, you know, there are stresses in the environment, your heart isn't able to adapt to different situations. So it's just like, oh my God, like it's too much for me. So I'm just going to keep doing the same thing. So it goes boom, 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 right? Whereas if you have a high heart rate variability, which is preferred, it means that your heart is able to regulate its beats according to what's happening in the external or internal world. So, you know, if you're in a calm state, your heart will be in a really smooth, rhythmic, consistent manner. Whereas if there's a threat, an actual threat that comes into your environment, your, your heart will be like, okay, we need to speed things up. So there is variability during different situations and your heart adapts to the situation. So we are aiming for a high heart rate variability. So with the practice of breathing in a consistent, rhythmic, smooth manner and you bring in cognitive reframing intention and then you're like okay you're able to regulate your heart rate variability and the heart and the brain and the gut are all connected right all the organs are connected and there is a a major nerve called the vagus nerve that runs from the top of your head to the tip of your intestine, your gut. So this nerve regulates all the major organs in your body. When you have a high heart rate variability and you manipulate that and regulate yourself using breathwork practices, you are hacking the signals from your heart to your brain. And you're saying, hey, things are cool. We good, okay? And then your brain's like, oh, okay, I got that signal. Let me release the feel-good neurochemicals. And your gut is very important when your gut receives those signals of everything being a-okay your gut's like oh it's okay blood can flow and now i can digest food i can you know do my processing and your gut uses so much energy to digest food and there's been a massive increase in digestive disorders 
for you know in the, in the modern era and the reason being is that when you're always in anxiety when you're always stressed your gut doesn't get adequate blood supply so it's not able to digest food properly because your heart is not sending the signals of you being in rest and digest mode your heart is basically saying oh my god all the tigers in the world are chasing me right now so essentially the, this practice is so important it's so important because for our organs to function properly you need to be breathing properly you have to be breathing consciously and making sure your breaths are deep making sure your exhalations are long like yogis talk about only you know taking five breaths you know in a minute or even less the longer your breaths the longer your life so it's really really important to create heart coherence to create you know heart brain coherence make sure that the signals are being sent and are signaling the right thing and you know you can use this in any stressful situation just regulate your breathing and you're able to switch from your sympathetic nervous system your fight or flight response to your parasympathetic nervous system your rest and digest so so this is the essence of pranayam breathwork, right? And it's becoming increasingly popular these days and it's amazing, right? Like that's Wim Hof method. You know, Wim Hof is the ice shaman. You, you can find him running around in little tiny shorts in like um, in snow, basically on mountains and stuff. And he's regulating his body temperature and his immune system with breathwork. And in Kundalini yoga, it's also really popular to take cold showers to regulate your nervous system. And, you know, it, science has proven now that, you know, you're taking ice baths and taking really cold showers is actually good for your immune system. So doing these practices has a lot of benefits for your immune system, for your general health, for your mental health. And it's very anti-inflammatory. And I would say that a lot of problems today just stem down to inflammation within the body there's too much inflammation and we really need to be able to transcend this and one of the most easiest cheapest and free and amazing methods is by controlling your breath and there's a practice called kumbhaka in pranayam which is the most revered technique in pranayam and it's the breath hold now Everyone else can do the rhythmic breathing, but there are certain contraindications for breath holds, especially for things like, you know, high blood pressure, certain, certain diseases, certain cancers. But, you know, it, it can also be beneficial to them. The, the reason we have contraindications is because there's not enough research for it, so we'd rather not. But otherwise, for things like anxiety, depression, and a lot of mental health conditions but also a lot of physical health conditions is really good to rhythmically breathe but i would say in regards to holding your breath consult with a doctor so now going deeply into what the breath hold is about so it stimulates hypoxia and we have something called intermittent hypoxic training and this russian scientist had done some experiments with athletes who had certain symptoms for certain diseases and they took these athletes to high altitude places and trained them there and you know oxygen levels are low in higher altitude locations and what they noticed was when they came back down and 
the athletes noticed a reversal in chronic pain symptoms. And it's interesting because then they did some studies with intermittent hypoxic training and it has been shown to reduce certain chronic pain symptoms and certain symptoms in general. So when we do the breath hold, there is still research being done about this, but they say when you hold your breath for a long time, you create a positive stress response because that's lowered oxygen, but that's actually good because when you are stimulating that response, you are able to kind of focus through your fight or flight response and then you are training the parts of your brain that's going like, oh my God, I'm going to die if I hold my breath any longer. And and you're kind of training your brain to say, no, I'm good. Like, let's focus through this fight or flight response. So you're kind of training your body. There's a really good quote by the Navy SEALs. They say, you don't rise to the challenge. You sink to your level of training. So think of breathwork as a sort of training. When times get tough, you be like, it's cool. I just need to breathe. And if you have trained your system to focus through a fight or flight response, then you are able to handle those situations in a much more epic way and be like, yo, I got this. You guys need any help? Um, So I'm not saying that, you know, it's kind of a magic pill or anything. You have to practice every day, every day, you know, whether it's for like 30 seconds or like 20 minutes or an hour, like it's up to you how long you do the practice, right? But in intermittent hypoxic training is actually a beautiful practice. I would highly recommend it. And there are different kinds of breathing practices that you can do. There are different kinds of breath work. What I do is primarily based on pranayama techniques and I weave in some other amazing stuff with it. Uh, so if you want to come to my breathwork practice where it's basically a multi-sensory experience where you may end up a lot of participants reporting colors report feeling super relaxed report feeling like they're on top of the world a lot of people have emotional releases that you know they feel so much lighter afterwards a lot of people are able to really calm down their nervous systems a lot of people have really pleasurable tingly sensations all over their body um and you know, it's it's multi-sensory. It's a whole range of things that you can feel in these breathwork sessions that I hold. I hold them, you know, a few times a month. You can check out my website, razorsally.com. It's in the event section and you can just register for free because I run these sessions to help people out, especially during this time. So make sure you come to them because they are actually pretty damn epic. And there are other breathwork practices that you can do that are also really, really powerful, like box breathing. It's used a lot by the Navy SEALs, a lot, a lot by you know CEOs, and it's really, really simple. Box breathing is essentially just... <laughs> so you would... Inhale for a count of five, hold for a count of five, exhale for a count of five, hold for a count of five. And then you would do that maybe three times. And then you would go inhale for a count of six, hold for a count of six, exhale for a count of six, hold for a count of six. And you keep increasing it and doing like reps. That's up to you however long you want to do it. That's box breathing. 
really powerful. Or you can do things like the three, four, seven breaths, which is you inhale for a count of three, hold for a count of four, exhale for a count of seven. And what's great is when you exhale for a longer period, you are telling your brain, oh, it's cold, like I'm chill, like we good. So the longer exhalation actually stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system. And there's also, you know, other techniques in yoga, like Kapalbhati, which is, you know, the skull shining method, which is just forced exhalations of your tummy, um, quick forced exhalations. And it's very detoxing because it also acts on your lymphatic system. You can do that. You can do other techniques. I just prefer what I do, basically, because I weave in music, I weave in intention, cognitive reframing, because doing breathwork alters your state of consciousness, and that's not just a fancy word. They've done research on this. They've put people under, you know, EEGs, you know, electroencephalograms, and measured their brain waves, and you can actively see that you go from waking beta, which is right now, you're watching this, I'm recording this, I'm in beta, Possibly, or maybe I'm in flow. Um, anyway, so the beta is a high frequency wave and it's a waking state, whereas, you know, beginner meditators would see like an alpha, which is kind of like a lower frequency, and you have theta, delta, and then gamma. But what we're going to be focused on during breath work is you mostly achieve either alpha or theta. You can go deeper depending on your expertise and how you're able to manipulate your own system and regulate your own system. However, it's really, really important for you to get into different states because different states allow you access to different parts of your brain and give you access to more creativity and more insights and more problem solving skills. And also you are able to be more productive because you are no longer crowded with the stresses of everyday life. You're able to transcend that level of noise and then and do something bigger, right? So, so yeah, if you're interested, definitely come to my workshops. It's really, 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 really powerful, and it's fun, and you get to be a part of a really cool community. If you have any questions, you can also email me at razor at razorsally.com, I, I hope this was informative for you. I definitely have loads of geeky, nerdy stuff on breathwork. So if you would like to hear more, hit me up. Otherwise, peace out. Much love. Bye.